and welcome to What Happens in This House Stays in This House Strike Over Silence podcast. I am your host, Tammy Montgomery Dozier, and thanks again for listening. I am very excited about this week's guest. This is my first time having a family member over on my show, and I'm so excited. She is doing excellent things. I want to welcome Liz Anderson on the line. Say hello, Liz. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? Awesome. Awesome. So glad to have you on here today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a videographer and a photographer. I've started, I was self-taught, started about five years ago. And it was just something um, I was passionate about. Just I first started out party promoting and I bought a professional camera and a lot of people would come up to me and say, hey, come take my picture. And I was like, oh, I'm not a I don't take pictures. I just, you know, this is something I'm doing to promote events. And so it went from that. And then I started uh, branching out and started going to different conferences and so on and so forth. And then recently I went back to school to get a degree in communications and broadcasting. And I just received my bachelor's in that in December. And while um, I attended Lewis University, I started being a part of ministry. Ministry was something I've always liked to do when I was younger. I was always a part of the community. I did a lot of altar serving. I did a lot of things within the church. So that was one of the things that I wanted to do when uh, I uh, transferred over to the big university was to be a part of ministry. Yeah, that's where I am with it today. I've been doing a lot of community outreach and a lot of community service work through ministry. That is awesome. Awesome. Now, I know when you used to, I know when you were out there doing your video thing, tell us about some of the celebrities you met or some of the people that you encountered or if you got good, great words of advice from any of them that, you know, tell us about that. Yeah, I met uh, quite a few celebrities from, I'm trying to think of some uh, NBA stars like Magic Johnson to a lot of rappers and singers, T.I., Waka Flocka, so many, so many TV stars. One of the coolest First people that I've met is Waka Flocka. We actually shot a movie. Uh, he was featuring his full feature movie that I was a part of the crew. And he was just really down to earth and really just a, just a great person. And he had a lot of great energy that you could feed off of. And his his attitude was stay positive and keep going and keep pushing. So he was a really great person to be around. I've also had the experience to go on tour, on a climate change tour with Anthony Smith. Mm-hmm. She was also, also the uh, actress that played in the uh, as Faith Evans in the Notorious movie. Oh wow! And just just one of the loveliest people you'll ever meet. And you know, I just learned a lot from her. And then Brave Williams from R and B diva from L A. Uh, she's uh-huh. also been another great like celebrity person that I just had in my corner, and it's been a great big support. So just those are just a few that I can think of that I have more interpersonal uh, encounters with. They've been a great big inspiration. That is awesome. So I know you said that you do ministries and everything. So what is your purpose? What is your plight? What is it that you're trying to do with your activism and everything that you're doing? Well, the first reason that I was interested in ministry was because I wanted to strengthen my faith with God. I haven't really belonged to a church since my school had been closed down and my church parish has been closed. Mm -hmm. So I've been looking for a new church home. So I felt that being a part of ministry was one way to get me back to that connection. And it actually worked. I started out doing retreats. So at first I had to learn more about myself. You know, what are what am I? inclined to what is what is my calling so like one of the first trips that I went to was uh, for a spring break trip and what we do is I went back to the Appalachia area we spent the week it's called work fest and we spent the week there and we got to work on homes of the people in that area that uh, it's a lot of elderly or people 
in those uh, underserved communities where mm-hmm. we get to work on their homes. And we did that with, for about a week. So I learned a lot there. But I've always liked the culture out there because I went there in high school because I needed community service hours. And that was my first time there. And I wanted to go back. So once I went back and I'm like, it's something about Kentucky and those mountains. And it's just mm. the atmosphere of the culture of people that I love. So when I was out there, I said, what else do you have out here that I could like volunteer for or be a part of? And they said, mm-hmm. we have a summer camp. And they explained to me that the summer camp is for the children in that area who are not really able to go to the traditional camps that may cost over $500 for a whole summer. And what they do is they make it affordable for campers to come there for as low as $20 for a week. So for each week, about 80 kids get to be there for a week. And then once that week is over, 80 more get to come. So throughout the entire summer, I was able to impact over 500 and something campers that was there. And my role was to do the social media and the photography, but I also became a camp leader. And it was just a great experience being out there. I was out there for eight weeks and just to see how my work impacted those children. I left an impact on them. They also left one on me. I learned a lot from them. Like I'd never been camping before. It was something I was kind of afraid of because I don't like bugs and all that type right. of stuff. But, you know, that's not, that's not for me. But those campers, they said, hey, come in a canoe with us. Come camping with us. We'll teach you how. And and I was open to it and I did. And, you know, there's that connection. It's just a great thing. And when the parents drop the, the their children off at camp, they're not able to talk to them throughout the week. So the only thing that they were able to know that when their kids were okay was the photos that I posted on the social media. So it was my job to capture every single camper, the ones that were allowed to be photographed. And their parents would see those photos and it will bring them comfort just because wow. they see all I caught that moment of their kids smiling or having a great time. And that, that helped them to uh, know that they were in good hands. So that's how something as simple as taking a picture impacted that in that area. And I was, you know, I took great pride in doing that because I said, well, I'm really making a difference out here mm-hmm. and it's something that I love doing. That's a beautiful, beautiful story. And I, and I know you have volunteered in other countries as well. Tell us about that as well as what is different. What What is the difference between volunteering over there and volunteering here within the U.S.? What did you find different and what did you learn? What did you learn doing that? You know, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, my recent volunteer, I went to the uh, Philippines in mm-hmm. around January, the end of December, January, and I spent about two weeks out there. And, and you know, I was frightened at first because that was like a 17-hour flight. It was so far away. It was my first time, mm-hmm. you know, leaving out of the country. But one thing that I had to remind myself was think of the reason that you're doing it. So that gave me courage to just do it. Like, I didn't really overthink the packing or, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really just didn't want to overwhelm myself with the possibility of what's going to happen when I get out here. So I just pretty much hopped on that plane and I went with an open mind. Mm -hmm. And when I got out there, what I noticed was the community style living. By the Philippines being a third world country, there was a lot of different things that I noticed that, you know, they just simply didn't have. Like their housing structure was different. They don't have homes like we have homes. They, They have more like those 10 rooftops and they don't have windows. So it's like open air and what one of our bedrooms could fit a whole family for their whole home. So they don't have like the, you know, they don't have the the regular toilets or bathrooms or showers or anything like that. So that's one of the things that I've noticed. We went to about four to five villages and each village we went to, the people just loved us coming there. They welcomed us with open arms. They would sing. They did like 
kind of like a festival of celebration mm-hmm. for us. And they gave what they didn't have just because we were there to be with them. Wow. So one of the things that I noticed was the community living, the kids there are so independent. Like you could literally, they'll be walking down the street and they'll have fun and they can play. And everyone watches out for one another. And even though they don't have a lot, what they do have is togetherness. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things I said, I wish our country had because mm-hmm. we could really learn from, I really learned a lot from being out there. And one of the things that was dear to me that I always tell people when I tell the story about being out there is when the main village where we, cause I was out there also too, to work on homes and help them build about four homes we were working on. And we were, each of us that came out there, it was like a campus, different campuses, universities coming together. Mm-hmm. And each of us had a host family. So we would work and then we had like 30 minutes break to eat lunch. So the community, all the mothers in the community, what they would do is they would find an area outside and they would, you know, cook for us. And so during lunchtime, we each had a family to attend to. Mm. So with my family, what I did know is that when, when it's time to eat, they serve you and then they watch you eat. And I was like, well, why, how come everyone isn't eating while I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how they do it. They, they ha- they're happy to have company. So what they do is they watch you eat and then whatever is left over, they eat later amongst themselves. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that. So it's like, you know, a plate of our food is what a whole family shares together to eat. So oh, that was wow. one thing that I took from them. I learned that once I got back from the trip, one thing I learned was how to appreciate the small things more. Like I don't need a, a bigger plate of food. I, I actually... When I got back, I wanted to do an experiment and and say, hey, mom and dad, let's practice this. Let's see if we can share one can of soup and be happy with that. And we were able to do it. I said, let's let's just cook like some rice and see, you know, we don't have to have as much food as we think we do. So that was some of the things that I took back from them. They just have this universal love. When we left, they had like this music playing and they had photos of us around the village of what we did during the week. And I just, I didn't, didn't see it coming. And, and then one of the things they did was they had like a big table full of rice and meat. And then we all just like doing a countdown and we all just eat as much as we can, but we have to eat it with like our hands. So it was mm. just a really humbling experience. I learned a lot from them. A lot of them still contact me through like okay. Facebook and they check on me and they, you know, they're like 14 hours ahead. They're already in the next day right now. But they check on me and they just say, hey, I love you. And, and it's, it's sincere. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like you could meet people for four or five days, but you have this genuine connection because we took the time to be out there with them. It's not anything like pity or anything like that. It's we care enough to say, hey, I want to come out here and be with you. I want to uh, live among you. I want to help you accomplish something. And while we were out there working, they were carry the bricks with us. The kids were wow. hang on to us, walk with us. It was just a universal love experience. So I'll never forget that. And um, that's one of the things that I hold dear to me because having that experience out there, that togetherness, I wish that we had more of that. So and, uh, I know that like for us, like our family, you mm-hmm. implemented that we get on a phone call. We get on a phone call every night at eight o'clock for family time and prayer. Was that one of the outcomes of that trip? Yes, that's one of the outcomes from it. Also, because I've been doing a lot of leadership when it comes to retreats. So I understand from the process of going to so many different retreats and a lot of these mission trips was one of the things that common denominators on all these trips were the time to reflect, the time to be together. 
the time to be open. I've always had a problem with being vulnerable. I don't really like to talk about how mm-hmm. I feel or I used to just hold stuff in. If something would bother me, I'll just deal with it. But being on these retreats and learning more about myself and my strengths have helped me deal with being vulnerable. And I just felt like if I can go on a retreat and be open and, and feel more powerful with strangers, I should be able to do it with the people that I love and know me my whole yeah. life, which is my family. So I said, well, maybe I can try seeing who will be open to this. Just put mm-hmm. it out there. And when everyone said, yeah, it's just been great ever since. I mean, it's just been a wonderful experience. You yes, know, definitely. Talk to our family every day. And I know I, I try to encourage other friends that I have to say, hey, maybe you could be the person in your family to start it. Because they say, I wish my family did that. I was like, well, who's going to start it? Maybe you should do it. So yeah. you never know until you try. So it's, think- it's definitely a beautiful thing. It's, it's wonderful because we really hadn't gotten to talk to each other in years, you know. So mm-hmm. now it's like we talk to each other every day. So it's, it's yes. a beautiful thing. It is beautiful. And I'm so glad that you came up with that. Now, you did say you're in school for ministry and that's what you're doing right now. So within the school system. And so and now that you're so involved, what kind of bias do you see? Because I know you probably do a little activism uh, within there as well. So what do you see or what are you working on? What is your plight in your school system? Well, my most recent trip for uh, school was actually a civil rights pilgrimage. And Mm -hmm. we, we went out there right before everything shut down with the coronavirus. And that experience itself was just a lot. What I've noticed in the in the school systems, like we have come a long way. But learning how we've how we've come from just being segregated to the ongoing like there's there's a new way of slavery. There's a new way of being segregated, and a lot of it comes from like underserved communities. You know, not for those who have opportunities and those who don't. Those who have more money, and for those who don't have a chance in making more money. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of like the new ways that we deal with. It may not be necessarily slavery, but you know, being in prison. All of those different things play a factor in how, how we are facing these today. As far as biases, privilege is a, is a big concern. Mm-hmm. I recently witnessed how people can use their privilege and, and they may not even be aware of it. So a lot of biases or entitlement, people may not even know that they're doing it on purpose. It's just because that's what they've been conditioned to and known their whole life. But I've actually had the opportunity to speak with the president and uh, other members that's leading the school. And they sat down with a, a group of us on campus, a lot of minorities, because of the protests and everything that's been happening. And they say, hey, we need to listen to our students. And they mm-hmm. did. They took the time to do that. And we spent like a great time on Zoom and they listened to us. And they've already doing things to try to make change, to make sure that we're being heard, and to make sure that they're having more training within the school system because they know that something is broken. And even though they maybe haven't noticed it as much as all the problems are that's occurring right now with all the protests, mm-hmm. they're more aware and they're paying attention and they're willing to make a difference. So I think this is the right time. The timing is more perfect. And I've been allowed to have my voice heard. And I'm all, I'm actually going to be, I just offered a position where I get to be involved with the community and, uh, and community engagement learning. And I think that is an opportunity for me to play a part to help with some of the changes that will be made or are in the process of being made. And I think that's just a great opportunity. One of the classes that I had, because uh, I, like I said, I was a student for communications. One of the things, projects that I worked on was there's a class 
and in this class, the students write to men that are in prison. They're able to. So part of their engaged learning is it's a, it's, it's a faith class, but okay. it's called like faith behind bars. So what students are, do that not only do they learn and, you know, read from the textbook of what it's like to have faith in some of the challenges, they actually interact with those who are in prison. And when I went to film this day, uh, four ex-cons were able to come and they talked on the panel and for them to share their stories about how those letters helped them, how hard it is to be in prison and some of the things that they had to face and challenge. It was just, an, um, it was kind of, it gave a new perspective, you know, cause no matter how, how wrong the, or bad decisions people have made, they're still human. Yes, and, one of the things, and one of the things that I learned from just being around uh, people of no matter what country, no matter what, region of the countries of this country, human dignity is important. And as long as we treat one another with dignity, that's one of the, the biggest ways to overcome anything. So I, I totally agree. So so now that you're doing all this, what can we do as a community? Knowing that knowing what you know now, what can we, me as an individual, other people, what do you think would make it better? What can we do as a community as a whole? I think support is one thing, communication, listening, being aware of problems and trying to figure out a solution to these problems. Like I say, treating everyone with respect. And uh, most importantly, just finding that common ground. If we can do more things together, we can win. Because like I said, I've been to a country that didn't have much of anything. Mm -hmm. But it was just... It was just a great experience to be there because what they did have was togetherness and they had love That's and they beautiful. had respect for one another. And if we that. had more of that, yeah. I think that would make a difference. And don't let people teach you how to hate anyone. I yes. learned that when I went to the pilgrimage. Never let, never let anyone teach you how to hate a person, a group of people, or just just buy into all these different stereotypes or prejudices. Like just don't don't allow that open communication and, and support is start off. That'll be a good way to start. That is so beautiful. So what are your upcoming projects? What are you currently working on right now? Well, right now I've been more so doing quarantine. So I've just been looking through some of the trips that I've been on. I've been getting together my content so that I can start putting some of the videos out of the journey of the trips that I've been on. So this is like the first time I've actually talked about my experience and Without, okay. you know, just doing my initial, my uh, personal reflections. But now it's time for me to say, hey, I need to put something out to the world that people can see to understand my experience. And I haven't done that yet. And it's just something that um, I'm working on putting out, like videos of, you know, documenting my experience. And, and just maybe someone can see and relate to it. So that's, like I say, using my gift to send a message out to the world. And like, I want to thank you for allowing me to be on your show today because mm-hmm. today is the first time that I'm actually speaking yeah, out about yeah. my experiences. And I hope that whoever's listening to this, it means something to you. And, and, you know, maybe you can initiate something in your home or community for change or something for the better. So 
I can I can definitely say I'm I'm sure uh, listening to you, you bring about hope, you bring about change, and you're young and and that's what people need. They need the voice of someone like minded, you know, to to go out and do these things. So I'm like so proud of you. You are doing some amazing things. Now, do you have a way like if someone was interested in getting in contact with you, did you have any information that you wanted to share, like maybe with your ministry if someone wanted to get in contact with you, or maybe even with your videographer forum that you're doing. So is there a way that people can contact you just in case they want to get in contact? Well, my my uh, Instagram is Liz, the director, L-I-Z-T-H-E-D-R-R-E-C-T-O-R. And as far as any email, it'd be visualizedfilms at Gmail. So that's V-I-Z-U-A-L-I-Z-E-F-I-L-M-Z at gmail.com. So those awesome. are the uh, two best ways to get in contact with me. All right. So my last question for you is this. When it's all said and done, what legacy do you want to leave behind? I want to leave a message for the future. I want to, as I go into history and what I learned about going to these different communities, I want to leave behind things that can impact generations after generations. And we've seen it in music. We've seen it in movies. That's what I want to be able to do. I want to use my creative talents to create content that can give great messages that encourage, inspire people in the future. That's my legacy. That is so beautiful. So I want to thank you so much, Cousin Liz, for being on the line with me. Everything you said, perfect. I truly enjoyed you. And I know that you are going to reach some people out there. So again, thank you for joining. What happens in this house stays in this house. Strength Over Silence podcast. My email address is TammyM at CBLConsulting.net. I can be reached on www.connectedbyloveconsulting.net as well. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.